0: Welcome to Dogs Are Smarter Than People, the quick, fast, goofy, self-improvement podcast of awesome with a brand new intro.
1: I can't believe we have to redo the intro. We lost our intro because
0: we're not tech savvy here, but we're
1: cool. We did like that 14 years ago. I I know, man. I know. I don't even remember what the podcast is about at this point. All right,
0: anyways... Dogs Are Smarter Than People is the podcast that helps you live a happier, quirkier life. I'm Carrie Jones, a New York Times an internationally best-selling novelist, and the guy with me is actually married to me. For how well,
1: long, we don't know. Not much longer. It's been a and, good run.
0: But this is my co-host, Sean Ferrar. Join us as we start off with a random thought about the weirdness of life, and then we segue beautifully and smoothly into... Dog advice? Dog tips? Life advice. You've got this. You've got (laughs) it too. Are you? I'm ready. So here's our podcast. Ready? We're ready. Sean is not ready because he's eating cashews. You could hear the sound. Oh, you're recording already? Yeah, of the cashew lid closing. So our random thought for today... Is? About this guy. Right?
1: little <laughs> guy?
0: All right. This is a guy called the Chicken Man. Yeah? And what he did. And he wasn't doing this, like, for branding or to market any bullshit. Yeah? He just did this because I think he said, I think he told the New York Times that, it's like, basically, like, so many people in the world were in pain. Pain? Yeah. Like, real yeah. pain. Right, and so he was like, I can do this to make people happy, yeah, and endure a little bit of pain to make the world better and give a tiny bit of joy into people's days. And what he did was he ate 40 whole rotisserie chickens in 40 days.
1: So, one rotisserie chicken a day, yes. Okay, and that
0: doesn't sound horrifying,
1: no, it doesn't, but it was why
0: because it got gross. I think really? then, like, what happens is, like, your body st- – it's like when you're on keto, man. Yeah, you're like, like I can and never F- eat another effing egg or a piece of cheese again in my effing life mm-hmm. because I can't deal with it. And that's what happened to him. Like, you know, he used to, like, in the beginning of his 40-day challenge, which he was just like, ah, oh, here's a rotisserie, yum, right. yum, yum.
1: <laughs> I would be that way.
0: But then, like, even a week into it, yeah. he was like – My God, this is so gross! And it took him like two hours to start eating the entire chicken. Like his body was just like so grossed out by it because it was. Is that all he ate every day? Yeah, and like one chicken, one rotisserie chicken, and he's like his fingers went into the grease, and like his fingers were slimy, and he's like the like the dark meat was disgusting and like the white meat was so you know, dry I can, I can kind of understand. and he had to like kind of drink the chicken. Mm-hmm. Like he'd try to mash it into like a pulp in his mouth. Right. And he told the, the times that it sounds weird, but he felt like he was doing this for a really important person and um, reason. I'm sorry. Not a person. Um, and he originally thought he'd eat just for Do this for 30 days. Um, but then he was like, "I'm gonna do an extra ten days because I doesn't feel like I've done it enough." Well, it couldn't
1: have been that bad, man.
0: <laughs> and the Times article says, "At first, there was no pain. He'd eat the chickens in 20 minutes, but after a couple of weeks, he began feeling cramped up, bloated from all the sodium, and said he came to believe that he could quote feel the pulse of my heart in my stomach." <laughs> He would take about two hours to chow down each of the chickens, which he emphasized were always completely eaten and usually only his, his only meal of the day, and he lost about 16 pounds over the 40 days, wow. says the Times article. That's a
1: keto diet for sure. That's yeah. like
0: the ultimate keto. And he said, like, quote, this is just a little bit of an inconvenience and a sacrifice for the joy that it seems to be bringing people. And he started it on October 8th, Publicly, and that was day 11 of his challenge. But it's a, and like in that photo, the Times article says you can see him, like, there's a little smile, <laughs> but eventually that smile goes away, kind of like if you're at a town government meeting. And most of like the rest of the pictures, he's like furrowed brow, and like there's a hand on <laughs> one part of his head, and he's like, and they say he has a look that appears to communicate. Help me. (laughs) The pain is part of it, he said. The abuse, the torture, all of that is just part of the experience. What does one learn when eating a dozens of chickens? Well, he said, they're like a sensory bomb. The meat's too salty and greasy, he said. The white meat's dry. When he pokes and grabs the meat, his fingers become oily, and each time he digs back in for more, the slimy sounds make him recoil. While struggling to make it through the last eleven days of the challenge, Mr. Tominski said he'd chew the chicken into small pieces, mush it in his mouth, and slurp it down <laughs> with water. Basically, I drank the chicken. Wow! Yeah, and he said that it was quote microscopic in comparison to what the world lives with and sees every day. True that. This is going to sound strange, he said, but if I happened to, for some silly reason, pass away from this, I would have been okay with that sacrifice. <laughs> So, on his last day, people all came out. They, like, posted things on, like, telephone poles with pictures. Like, they asked him to run for mayor or president. They, like, he became really freaking famous. And, like, he went before this huge crowd to eat his last rotisserie chicken. And at the end, with his last bite, he faced everyone and played Bruce Springsteen's Streets of Philadelphia. (laughs) And he raised his hand in the air, because so it's a Times article, and screamed his version of the next line, it's just you and me, my friends. Isn't that wild?
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I know. It's all, he, he played that good.
0: He did. Mm-hmm. And not to sell anything at all. Beautiful. People are weird and beautiful.
1: They right. sure are.
0: <laughs> okay, ready? I'm ready so let's say that you know your cat gets trapped in the pantry overnight It yeah. manages to chew through two bags of catnip and spread it throughout the pantry and then have a panic pee pee, pee on top of a bucket of cashews before knocking over a vase which smashes to the ground alerting to you the fact learning you to the fact that your cat's being stabbed yeah, in there let's just night. say that just it happened like, to some poor Which, you know, not from personal experience. (laughs) Let's just say that happens. Yeah. How you react to that is very, very interesting. So a couple months ago, we talked about Ed Diner, the doctor of happiness or the happiness doctor. And since Ed has died, a few other people have claimed that title. And this isn't about them. This is only about Ed. And more specifically, it's about Cat pee. And as scale of positive and negative experiences,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: So according to Psychology Roots, about scale of negative and positive experience, it is a brief 12-item scale with six items devoted to positive experiences and six items designed to assess negative experiences. And in that scale, you can measure your feelings like physical pleasure and engagement and interest and pain and boredom, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it provides useful feedback for clients like to who want to increase their positive feelings, right yep um, and it it labels feelings generally as positive, pleasant, or negative, so when we think about that kitty peep incident,
1: yes, we
0: felt negative, yes, but we also knew it could have been worse, yes, and In the end, we were almost grateful that it hadn't been worse, right?
1: Oh, yeah, we were.
0: We're like, oh, thank God we don't have carpet in the pantry. Or they didn't poop in the pantry. Yeah, they didn't die in the pantry. So why is this? Why did we personally not despair that our our pantry will probably forever smell like kitty pee? And the truth is that it's all about hormones. Really? Yes. So, brain world... And again, all of these sources and sites, including that scale I just mentioned, will be in our links for the podcast. But Brain World says, as humans, if it's in our best interest to prepare for the worst, why are our brains wired against this to expect the best? Many speculate that optimism was selected by evolution precisely because on balance, positive expectations enhance your odds of survival. We venture out, we take risks, and hope those risks result in successful outcomes. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine where we'd be if everyone was afraid to leave their homes? Furthermore, research still agrees that optimists live longer and are healthier due to less stress and anxiety. Right. So UCLA researchers Shelley E. Taylor and Shamon Safir Bernstein identified a particular gene oxytocin receptor gene, or OXTR, that is actually linked to optimism and self-esteem and mastery, which is the belief that one has control over one's own life. And oxytocin is a hormone that increases in response to stress and is associated with empathy and bonding and social recognition. Mm-hmm. Which is really, really interesting, right? I got a ton of that. <laughs> so, like, the question... <laughs>
1: I'm just saying.
0: What? What do you have a ton of?
1: That, that gene.
0: You think so? Yeah.
1: Why I do you don't think so?
0: Empathetic. Oh, really? I'm Are
1: socially you? Seriously receptive.
0: Are you really? Yeah. He's staring at me, and I don't know if he's telling the truth or not. <laughs> and now he's laughing, so I really don't know. But the it's interesting to me like how we approach experiences and how we react to them. Like, some people would deal with the Kitty Pee Pantry incident in a totally, like, blase way. Which we came Ours very,
1: was pretty blase. We came
0: very close, right?
1: But the cat's still alive. Of <laughs> course she's still alive. It felt I mean, so bad for some her. Some people would have dealt with it in that manner, too. She was so stoned. Um, and then,
0: because <laughs> there was so much catnip. We should
1: have sent her to rehab, but... We really... You know, since COVID, the wait list for that sort of thing is forever. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
0: But the point is, like, there's, like, psychological. There's multiple points here. The first point is that there are psychological assessment tools that help you assess how you deal with positive, with experiences and if they're a positive or negative way. Like, right. we cleaned that thing. And we thought that pantry being that thing. And we thought, hey. <laughs> The pantry's really clean right now. That's kind of awesome. Like, look at all that we can see, right? That was a
1: benefit to the negative.
0: Yeah, we're like, holy crap, this is awesome. But we also were like, it's not the most awesome thing for the cat and for how messy this was and this faint, lingering smell of kitty pee that we can't seem to get rid of.
1: You know, that particular cat was pretty messed up in the beginning. No, No,
0: she was not. So it's okay. (laughs)
1: You really have to know where to be able to tell the difference.
0: Oh, my God. But so that's point number one, right? But the point number two is like, whoa. Like, you know, there's so much nature versus nurture argument about psychology and so many things. Yeah. But it's fascinating to me that there's actually a gene that's linked via oxytocin to how we do respond with stress and how we do respond with, like, via empathy or socialization or bonding. Oh you know,
1: that is awful close to OxyContin. I know.
0: <laughs> it's so hard not to say when I, like, read what I write, like, OxyContin. I mean... Over and that over that just, again.
1: Is that just coincidence?
0: I don't think it is, no. <laughs> and I don't know, like... Do you feel like when you think back to your parents, because you're pretty chill. Like, that. No,
1: nah, they weren't chill.
0: They weren't chill? Neither of them?
1: My mom was.
0: Well, maybe not you got your head. mom in for that.
1: Yeah, must must and, and I. like. What? My grandfather was a hard call because he was not chill. Yeah. Until he got older. <laughs> but when he had, like, kids living at home, even if they were young adults. ooh. It could be hell. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that you can overcome your genes a lot of times. And I think you can become chill no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. And it, from what I know of your grandpa, he kind of self medicated a little bit with a um, little bit Mary Jane. And so that kind of possibly helped him to become more chill. Maybe.
1: Hey, all I know is that in the last podcast he tried to code me another the bus mentioned punch in the wall or something. And all he has to say is When's the last time that has occurred around you? Never. That's right. Anyways. So people can change.
0: When I think about my mom and my. Uh, my genes are a little bit more complicated. But <laughs> <laughs> when I think about my mom, when things like that were silly went bad. Yeah. She could have care less. She was so chill about it. So mellow. Well, like good. you could break her favorite thing and she'd be like, honey, it's an accident. I love you. It's right. okay. No, well, that's perfect. You know, like it wasn't the end of the world. It would be a bit of a scramble because you try to clean things up. Right. But it was never the end of the world. And when I think of both of our children, they haven't gotten that gene. <laughs> no. No. Because the smallest things. Yes feel like the end of the world to them. You and, are and that worries me about them. Because I don't think it's a nurture thing for them.
1: No, we can't keep
0: Um, And, you know, one of our kids doesn't have any of our dreams. And the other one has half of my dreams. <laughs> but I, like my mom, am actually pretty freaking mellow when things get broken or things... You know what I mean? Like...
1: yeah. Like yeah. it's
0: not the end of the world experience, right? And I, it's just so intriguing to me how all these things work together to make our brains and to make how we deal with life and situations. Is it learned oh, behavior? Super is it intriguing, actually. genetic? Is this a combination of right. both? And that positive negative scale is really, really interesting because it can help you realize as you go through the experiences of your life like in the past week or the past month when you put them down and you label them as pleasant not pleasant like positive pleasant or negative how you see the world and then you can think is this really the way i want to see the world right and then you can think do I make myself believe that the world is negative or positive, and why? Um, I should be smoking some pot while you I'm doing be. this podcast, but no, it's before like, doing it, but <laughs> or ever, but like it's so interesting. I think it's really interesting. Do you not think it's interesting? No, I think
1: it's super interesting.
0: Is that boring? Was that not enough of a tip it's for people to help to them with their lives?
1: Well, you can't control the genetic stuff. That's not like a tip. Mm-mm. You can try to,
0: but you can control get more you. And yeah.
1: How you react and stuff right? like your
0: grandpa, apparently. Yeah. yeah. And I've got to tell you, my mom always talked about my dad, my father Barnard. Um, they got divorced when I was really little, but she always talked about him as being like so overwhelmed by negative things. Yeah. And the father Barnard that I saw. Never was, never. So either she was wrong, or he grew. Like he grew, grew a lot of therapy. She could he been did. have
1: aggravating factor too. When they were Maybe,
0: but he definitely he was not like that at all. He was so chill. Well,
1: that was probably more. That was probably mostly growth.
0: I hope, he went to a lot of therapy after they divorced. Did he cause really? He, yeah, because he was super depressed. And Poor men, guy. Men never went to therapy back then. Right now, yeah. he shouldn't have been depressed. Oh, he's super depressed. <laughs> It went against everything he believed to get the worst. That sucked. and he felt so. And he felt so guilty because I grew up without A mom and a dad. <laughs> That's too bad. He's so sweet. God bless his soul. Well, look at you now. A messed up. Woman. You're not messed up. He was up right. At all, oh you're you're no, perfect. but that was
1: right.
0: Tip <laughs>
1: <Good>. <laughs> for oh life.
0: God. Did you forget what you were saying? No, not at all. Alright, what's your dime tip for life, baby? Well, I mean, if you're gonna
1: if it's all about your outlook kind on of stuff, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you could be like Pogi, looking out the front window and seeing the UPS man. And she, and she likes makes a choice man. And she makes a choice bark or don't bark.
0: Wait, is this experience scary, pleasant, right. or positive? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Since, and, since, and since every experience in Pokey's life is negative or scary. What?
0: That's not <laughs> She's true. Gonna,
1: well, it's her perception. Obviously, it's, not, it's true. not true at all.
0: No, I don't think she perceives No, because
1: she gives us so much love. She's the loveliest dog. She is the loveliest dog ever.
0: She hugs you and won't let go.
1: That's true. But we're getting off point.
0: Okay. Well, I love my dog. <laughs>
1: So, Poggy runs through those three questions in her head real quick. What are they again?
0: Positive, negative, pleasant.
1: That's right. And promptly falls back (laughs) to (laughs) sleep. Because she has a very positive outlook about life.
0: But that's what we need to do, right? Like, hey, you know, like, obviously, you're getting mugged. Mugged? I'm just taking something. And it's probably not going to be pleasant, right? You're afraid. But if you live through it. Right? Yeah, hey,
1: I just helped us of the homeless guy out.
0: Right. Or you can be <laughs> like or you can be like, oh my god, I lived through that and I didn't die. Right. Like you can always manage to tweak something yeah. into a place that's not a worst case scenario.
1: That's right. Or
0: not the most negative thing that's ever happened. And there's a power in that. In creating and rewriting your story and your life and your experience into something good. That squirrel or that UPS driver could be a threat. But instead, it could also be a future friend who could give you a milk bone. That's right. Maybe not the squirrel. That's FedEx though. Yeah, the FedEx guys. How hope you know the
1: difference between brown and white. she She knows the delivery truck.
0: the UPS guy you know who she doesn't like the most who the mailman yep she doesn't like the boys in blue she is very anti our current mailman (laughs) Uh, and i think there's a reason why but we won't go into that but yeah you know listen to your gut but also listen to your good and make and well, you we realize that every experience that you have can create a possibility for you to evolve.
1: That's right, move forward, forward progress.
0: Oh man, we got philosophical. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yes,
1: now let's go philosophical. Let's go philosophical.
0: I don't even know what that means, I but I think it's either. a sexual innuendo. Philosoph- now we're gonna have to put an explicit thing on the podcast. You're
1: listening. Yeah. All right, baby, give us a shout out.
0: Hey, the music we've clipped and shortened in this podcast is awesome and is made available through the Creative Commons license. Who's that artist and what's that song?
1: Um, I don't know,
0: man. You do, do you know?
1: I do. Uh, we've been saying it. It's summer spleef. I broke for free.
0: And we have extra content all about living happy on the livinghappy.substack.com blog. And it's pretty awesome. And we also have a writing tips podcast called Write Better Now.
1: They're both awesome.
0: But our brand new
1: amazing creepy podcast is Dude No! It's like that. You gotta
0: say it like that. (laughs) He does say it like that. It's true crime with an occasional foray into the paranormal and the macabre. And it's awesome. And finally, we have a podcast,
1: loving the Strange,
0: which we stream live
1: on Carrie's Facebook and Twitter and YouTube on Fridays, but
0: every other Friday. Every other Friday, not because we're late. So be
1: sure to check her Facebook and Twitter for the dates when we are going to be podcasting live and making fools of ourselves.
0: Live. We're going to do a
1: Hot Wings Challenge real soon. Oh, dear God. And that's always a good one
0: anyways all my twitter handles and facebook handles and blah 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 it's either carrie jones books or carrie jones book carrie with a -A (laughs) c-a-r-r-i-e thanks for hanging out with us yeah thank you
1: so much don't forget to like subscribe and share
0: and be kind be kind
1: to us old people oh yeah we can't take much more